This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, coming to you live. Unnecessary Roughness, next couple hours in your ear hole, 2 to 4 p.m. Demond Cotton and your boy, Q. Then we'll make way for my guy, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m., closing things out the right way. Shout out to Eddie Pascal and Jason Fitz. Held it down for the fifth quarter, overtime fifth quarter. Uh, just filling in for JT the Brick did a fantastic job the last three days. We definitely appreciate them for that and got a lot of great reaction on Twitter. Shout out to everyone who's been chiming in, talking about the show, including Fabian. He just tweeted before our show started, Someone, some business, please step up and sponsor the fifth quarter with Jason Fitz and Eddie Pascal from 10 a.m. to 12 slot on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's from Fabian. Uh, a lot of great feedback on that show, so I wanted to shout those guys out off top before we even got into the meat of today's show. And one step further, and this has nothing to do with the Raiders, has nothing to do with football, nothing to do with sports, but I did want to kind of throw this out there as more of a PSA. And I I don't even know if that's the correct way of saying it. And some people will probably roll their eyes and be like, oh gosh, here we go. But let me just say this. I was watching this video and it was about 50 seconds long uh, as I was doing some show prep preparing for today's show. And it has nothing to do with us locally, but it doesn't matter. Uh, It was a a, a high school in San Antonio, Texas, and it literally was guys out in the parking lot. And I sent this video to to DeMond, so he probably knows exactly what I'm talking about at this point. These kids are literally in the parking lot of a high school, and it looked like it was a wild, wild west. It looked like they were having like a movie scene shootout. It was just absolutely ridiculous and that's the word I, I i sent when i sent it to demon i just said ridiculous it's all i said it was like a literal scene from bad boys like you thought you were going to see will smith and martin lawrence come running across the screen or something i mean it just it was really it was disturbing on so many levels and so i just want to start the show and say man we have got to do better we have got to do better as people as society as grown-ups as adults as mentors as kids as sons and daughters and just people in general man we've got to do better there is no reason that folks in high school what's the average age of a high schooler 14 to 18 maybe maybe there's no reason that folks in high school should be in the parking lot when they're supposed to be at lunch and they're having a wild wild west shootout a literal shootout i'm not joking i'm not making this stuff up i know i make a lot of jokes and stuff and i like to have a good time but i'm not joking and maybe I'm starting to get old in my, or, you know, I'm starting to get old and, and, and I'm the old man on the lawn, like DeMond said. Maybe, speaking of, my birthday's around the corner. But it's just, it, it, it bothered me. It really bothered me when I saw that because that is where things are trending. You know when people used to go out into the parking lot and used to fight with each other? That would be one thing. They don't go out in the parking lot and fight anymore. That's a problem. That is a problem. There's way too many youngsters losing their lives way too early. And we have just got to do better than that. So I, I just... I'm not getting on no political soapbox. I'm not talking about guns. I'm not none of that. Just let's just do better, man. We've got to do better. And if someone like me has a a 12 second little 
little break in the show to, to say, let's do better, then damn it, it's my responsibility to do it. So someone might be mad at me right now. I'm okay with that. I've never had a problem with someone being angry at me for expressing my views. So start the show off. Let's just do better. Let's just all attempt to do better. Take care of your kids. Take care of your house. Take care of your family. Because when they're gone, man, yeah, they're, they're, they're gone. And then you wonder, you look up and say, what the hell just happened? So that's all I got. Damon, did you see the video? Uh, yes, I did. Actually, while you were um, speaking, I went to go look at it because before the show, I was so caught up. I did not. I saw the text that said ridiculous in the video, and I really didn't know what to expect. And then I was like, I'll get around to it. And then you started talking. And I was like, oh. And then I'm watching. And while you're talking, I'm watching it in real time. And it's like, oh, wow. This does. This is a movie set. Right. Where it was just that's exactly gunfire. what it reminded me of. So that's, I just, like I said, I don't want to get on no big old soapbox and I don't want to preach to nobody. That's not my style, but man, we got to do better. That, that just, that was disturbing when I saw that. So with that being said, now we'll move into the show and we only have one guest coming up on the show today. Actually, I had a lot of different people that I reached out to, to get them on the show, had a lot of good ideas. And for one reason or the other, we just weren't able to make it happen. You know, some schedules conflicted and we were able to, weren't able to get the guys that we wanted and people that we wanted onto the show. So that's okay. We always have a lot of uh, a lot of guests on the show. We could talk amongst ourselves. We can always get a lot of interaction from uh, Raider Nation. I always love to hear from you anyway at 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, but we do have my guy, Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. He'll join us at, uh, at 240. Uh, he joins us each and every week. We always talk Raiders football. We talk fantasy football. And, actually, there's a lot of Raiders currently doing really well in fantasy football. I actually heard some people on TV earlier today debating some Raiders that they should have on fantasy football on their fantasy team and how there's there's guys that people are fighting to get on their team now when at the beginning of the season that wasn't the case so uh we'll we'll talk we'll talk all things uh fantasy football and just the Raiders dominance over the Eagles on Sunday at the Legion Stadium we'll talk with that or talk to Dustin about that and then we'll also talk about the landscape of the real estate market here in Las Vegas and it's so funny and Demond's my witness I'm sure he's heard the conversations as well I'll be out and about somewhere around town and no doubt about it, the conversation that I have with Dustin always comes up in conversation. Someone, someone will ask me, I can't tell you on Saturday when we were at the Rockstar, I can't tell you how many times someone said, hey, Q, what did, that house, what did that house look like that you were talking to Dustin about last week? And I'm like, oh, I'm glad you asked. I have it right here. It's, it, it just, it pops up so many times, our conversation. It's so funny. So J Dustin will join us at 2.40. At 3 o'clock, cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Haven't done that in a while, but we'll update you on things going on around the National Football League. 315, we'll have our NFL pick'ems. We'll go through the schedule. It's already week eight. Damon, are you serious? It's already week eight. And I'll let you know, it's the first time this season that Damon did better than me in the picks. So shout out to you, Damon. Give me a nice little round of applause. There we go. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I did that. I know the players actually had to go out there and win the games, but, you know, I knew they were going to do it. It was all about you, man. You had yeah. the right mindset. You knew what you were doing. You knew what you were doing. So shout out to DeMond. But at 315, we'll go through our picks for week eight. Again, can't believe it's already uh, almost halfway through the season. If it was last year, it'd be uh, the halfway point. Now, of course, this year is 17 games. But, man, already eight weeks through the season, getting ready to start week eight. That's going to be uh, fantastic action. 
Uh, the Cardinals and Packers get things started later on this evening. And then at 3.30, Governor Steve Sisolak, he was actually on the press box on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, uh, Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. He was on with them this morning and had a lot of good things to talk about around things going on with Las Vegas. He was talking about UNLV. He was talking about the rivalry game coming up this uh, on Friday, the, the, the Fremont Cannon, the battle for the Fremont Cannon. Talked about a lot of things, including Allegiant Stadium and how much it's meant to the city, what kind of revenue it's bringing in, uh, different kind of shows that are coming to Allegiant Stadium and how proud he is to have Allegiant Stadium right here in Las Vegas. I'll so, give the people uh, a little tease. Okay. I was out after the first thing he said. I'll leave it at that. He upset me with his first answer on, on the show. Why? Couldn't listen anymore. Why? He basically made a slick comment about UNLV. He's like, yeah, they really ain't got what it takes to go to Reno, you know, to take on UNR, but we'll see what happens. I mean... He's just looking at he's just looking at the records. He basically I mean, was like, "Yeah, I know they gonna try. They gonna try." That's basically what he said. And I was like, "I can't listen anymore." He has to say he lost me. Well, I mean, they are <laughs> gonna try. And look, you can't blame a guy when he's looking at them and they haven't won a game yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, all I'm saying, you know, he sounded a little biased right then and there. Demon, they haven't won a game. Your point? In like what thirteen attempts? They're over thirteen. And. If this was any other team or school or program in America, <laughs> what would you say about them? That this next one going to be the one. Oh, would you? So, okay. So, if this was the Baylor Bears and they were 0 for 13, and I said, well, Baylor's got a game coming up against their rival, UT, University of Texas. They got this game coming up. I think this is going to be the one. What would you tell me? I, t- I repeat that last thing you said. This one going to be the one. I'd be like, you, na- you, you dang straight. Not. You would say you're crazy and they stink. You That's darn what you would tootin'. say. They, they got that next one. But okay. I don't know. You know, Governor Sisolak, you know, he's supposed to be a straight shooter, respected on both sides. Well, he he's me. straight shooting. I would, <laughs> I respect him more for saying the honest, uh, his honest feelings. You know, for that little seven snippet, you know, that seven-second snippet there, I was like, you know what? You lost me, Governor. You lost me. See, see, that's the problem, man. You got to keep an open <laughs> mind. I respect a man who tells you the truth, even if you don't like it, as opposed to someone who tells you what you want to hear. No, tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, we'll hear a couple sound bites from Governor Sisolak, not on UNLV, not on Reno, but on Allegiant Stadium. We'll do that later on in the show today. I don't want Demon all caught up in his feelings. Already mad. It's gonna be okay, Demon. So that's what we got lined up for you today. And of course, we want to hear from you. Uh, one conversation that I do want to have and one question. I like to bring a question to the show every single day. Little topic of discussion. There's a lot of people right now that, you know, and you know how it goes, you, especially, you know, Raider Nation talks about the national media all the time. National media doesn't talk about the Raiders enough. John McClain always says, just win. You win games, they'll talk about you. Well, right now, you turn on any sports show on, on TV, they're talking about the Raiders in some capacity. It's a fact. So, there's warts. Every team has warts. There's not one perfect team in the league. Now, I know the Cardinals are 7-0 and with the opportunity to go 8-0, which they probably will do because Green Bay is banged up dealing with COVID issues. But that's a team that's undefeated. Still doesn't mean it's a perfect team. Every team has areas that it can improve on, including your Las Vegas Raiders. So as the trade deadline's coming up around the corner, November 2nd is the trade deadline next week. I'm looking at, and the question I have for you is, what do you feel is the area of concern with this Raiders team as it's currently constructed? So basically, if you can make one move, just one, I don't need three moves. I don't need five moves. I don't need you to 
you know, I, I don't need you to to add 10 plus plus 11 and, and then carry the one. I don't, I don't need all that extra addition. You know, I don't need adding, subtracting, and multiplying. I don't need all that. If you could make one move that you feel would put this team over the top, what would it be? Looking for one move that would correct what area of concern you have with this team, as they said, at 5-2 and two and at first place in the AFC West. So that's the question I throw out there to you today. Again, what do you feel is the area of concern with this Raiders team as it's currently constructed? And if you could make one move to put them over the top, what would it be? 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Hit us up and let us know. Uh, looking at the Salmon Ash text line right now, I uh, got a text from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, did you say that D finally beat you in picks? What? No way. What's next? UNLV football might finally win a game this weekend? I'm shocked. Sincerely, UNLV football, the rollerblading disco club, and fantasy football guy. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. <laughs> you know what? He started off hot, you know, but then, you know, he started to get a little disrespectful. You know what? You, Sir Whiskey Ray, you're right. Sir Whiskey Ray is the right name because you must have been drinking. You know, but it's what? all good. What's wrong with that, man? He's having a nice little cocktail in the middle of the afternoon, enjoying himself. He yeah. can do that. Got a little disrespectful there towards the end, Sir Risky. Uh, back up. Oh, uh, man. That's, that also, that's, also, that's also a guy who feels good about, didn't he, wasn't he the one that was excited about San Jose State coming back and winning against UNLV? Yeah, that was him. All right. That's what I thought. Got a text from the Mailman Raider. Q, one name we haven't been talking about is Kuntz. I almost forgot he was on the team. I know the defensive line is playing great, but I never seen him in the rotation unless I'm just missing him. What's going on with him? Mailman Raider. Good, good text right there. And you know, he was a guy that I was pretty excited about when the Raiders drafted him just because I know what he was able to do while he was at Buffalo. And I know that that's not, you know, it's not Alabama. It's not, you know, uh, Clemson. It's not one of the big powerhouse schools, but he was a guy that was well-respected. He was a guy that had a, a, a knack for getting to the quarterback. And the thing I said about Coons before the season started I said that I felt like he's a guy who's not going to play a lot, but when he gets in there, he's going to have an impact. Like he's going to get three or four sacks. I think I said four and about four sacks throughout the course of the season. And you're right, mailman Raider. We haven't heard anything from Malcolm Coons. So what it's looking like, and I know that me and Vinny Bonsignor were talking about this the other day. I kind of feel like it's almost like a red shirt year for him, you know, and maybe it's because the defensive line is deep. I know he was dealing with a couple little bumps and bruises during training camp. But I, I did expect to see him part of that rotation, those waves that Gus Bradley has. You know, he wants to, wants to have the, the first wave getting after the quarterback, the second wave, the third. I thought Malcolm Coons would be your ideal guy to get in there on third and long, and you know he's got one job on third and long. Just pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. That is, that, in my opinion, for his rookie year, that would have been an ideal role for him. You know it's third and long. It's like third and nine, third and ten, and you just want some fresh legs to get in after the quarterback. That's that's kind of what I assumed he was going to be. I thought he was going to be that guy, and I figured he'd get home about four times, four or five times. And you're right. We have not seen him or heard from him so far this season. Good uh, good one. I love how many mailmen, I say this every day, but I love how many mailmen uh, chime in on the show. We are A1 when it comes to the mail service. And, and that doesn't just stop with the U.S. Postal Service. That doesn't stop with FedEx. That doesn't stop with UPS. That's Amazon. I mean, everybody. All the delivery. Anyone who's a delivery worker out there, man, shout out to you. You know you got my full respect. I always tell everybody that one of my favorite jobs ever was when I delivered for FedEx. One of my favorite jobs ever, I promise you. And I've been in radio since 99. But one of my favorite jobs was delivering packages for FedEx. It was great. 
Anyway, Mailman Raider Max hit us up. It's another mailman. Raiders could only go as far as the offensive line could take them. So I feel like if they want to go deep into the playoffs, make a trade of an O-line, anyone. There's a couple offensive linemen that could possibly be out there for the, for the taking. Looking at Jacksonville, the Jaguars, you never know. They, they, uh, they could end up having a somewhat of a fire sale. Saw that the other day. Saw a couple notes from them. I could see them making a move for an offensive lineman especially to solidify that right side. You know what I mean? The left side, you know, you know is solid with Colton Miller. I feel like it's doing pretty well with John Simpson. I would think it would be a tackle. And you can correct me if you're wrong. If you think that, you know, maybe a guard would be okay. I would think that if they're going to make a trade for an offensive lineman, it'd probably be a tackle and slide him into that right tackle posi- position. Even though Brandon Parker's doing okay. But it's still, I get nervous, and this is probably not cool, but I get nervous because I know it's Brandon Parker. You know, and there's been years where, Anytime Brandon Parker gets into the game, you think, oh, no. And he's done a lot better. He's much improved. But I still realize that the name on the back of the jersey still says Parker. <laughs> you know, So maybe he's getting um, judged unfairly, but that's just, that's just what happens. Uh, got a text uh, from Raider Ryan. Get an all-pro right tackle. Boom, there you go, on the same page. So mailman Raider Max, Raider Ryan, all, they tried all that thinking already. the same thing. What? Said they tried that already. Well, it's not as easy as it sounds getting all pro right tackle. I mean, yeah, they they tried. They tried to get they tried to get the guy that they thought was going to be hungry and appreciate his opportunity, and he wasn't hungry. He didn't appreciate his opportunity. He was always injured, and oh, he was hungry already, and he's still always injured. (laughs) So, uh, we got a text. From Meloso Cartero. You like how I said that? I heard the Raiders made a call for Melvin Ingram to see if he's available. What you think about that? Eh. I, I, I saw that report as well. And I saw it. The way I read it was the Steelers were taking calls on Melvin Ingram. And he had a good first week against the Bills when the Steelers upset the Bills. And he played well against the Raiders when the Raiders beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. He hasn't really done anything since. And, I mean, it would be, I think if you were to get Melvin Ingram, one, I wouldn't want to give up anything that wasn't just, like, dirt cheap. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not giving up anything more than, like, a six-round pick. If I have an extra six-round pick, maybe. I don't want to give up too much for a guy that I know he's on his last legs. But the role that he would play if the Raiders were to make a move for him, in my opinion, just my opinion, would be the role I just described for Malcolm Kuntz. You know what I mean? The guy that, hey, it's third and long. I need a guy just to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. That's, that's, that's the only thing I would expect from him because I don't know how much he's got left. So he's got to be one of those guys that's like a hired gun. He's a hired guy just to go and get after the quarterback, and that's it. It's that simple. 69187, keyword R&R. It's the Sam and Ash text line. Got another text, pretty lengthy text here from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, the absolute number one move that puts Raider Nation over the top is solidifying our offensive line. If we can keep Derek Carr clean and not touched for the majority of the season, we'll be scoring 35-plus a game and not looking back. We definitely need depth at the O-line. If healthy, we will, if healthy, we'll be able to run and pass without any issues. Guys get hurt, and it's the next man up. By the way, props to Colton Miller for not allowing a sack yet with a rating of 88 here in 2021. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. P.S. San Jose State University football, baby. Fire. Damon. 
He ain't talking about what? none. You what? All right. Well, Demon is busy. Clearly, I'm at the home home studio, and he's at the station. So every once in a while, we get a uh, we get a little crossed up, but it's all good. No, so Risky Ray, I was trying to say he ain't talking about nothing. I ain't even. I ain't, I'm not even worried about him no more. So you took that whole pause just to say that? No, that's not what I took that pause for. What I took that pause for was to get our guy. He's he's a first time caller, Raider six one nine on. Okay. Well, Raider 619, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. What's up, guys? How you doing today? Man, we're chilling. Right, right. Hey, I just want to say something to the Raider Nation, and um, that's to have a comment and have a question. We don't need your stories on and on and on. You know, I know you guys are going to have special special Raider guests like Papa Meads and 619 um, uh, and Gangster Raider and 211. Let's keep it. Let's keep it to a minimum. You know what I mean. And I got a nickname for Henry Ruggs is uh, Henry Hayabusa Ruggs. What do you think about that? You said High Booster Ruggs. Yeah, because he's fast like a motorcycle. Okay, I got you. I got you. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. But I, let me <laughs> I ask you. I, the nickname what was your, I didn't know what you were what you were saying about uh, stories. What were your What were you talking about the stories? Some 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 guests are uh, not guests, but some callers call up and they just talk on and on and on. And you oh my God, it's great job. Callers. Gotcha. I got you. I got you. Good stuff. Good stuff. That'll work. You you want to make it short and sweet. I, I could appreciate that. He's doing he's doing some a little producing for us on air. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh I got a text. Salmon has text line 69187. Come on, Q, you gotta roll them R's. You should know that since your son's half Mexican. LOL. Melosa Cartero. I can't I can't roll my R's, dog. I'm sorry. And yeah, you're right. My son is half Mexican. I call him a Blacksican. That's his nickname, Little Blacksican. He's the he's the Spanish version of me. But it's okay. But you're right. I, I I should know that, but I can't do that. I'm sorry. But uh, I do appreciate you chiming in. That's good stuff. I'll tell you one one area of um, concern. Everyone's talking about the offensive line. I'll say this. This is something I talked about the other day on my podcast as well. I would not be mad if the Raiders went out and made a move for a big-time shutdown corner as well. I know Casey Hayward's playing really good ball. He's playing great ball. But the other side of the field is what concerns me. Trayvon Mullen is on IR. Don't know when he's coming back. The other day, Rich Versace has said that, you know, hey, we're looking after the, after the, uh, the bye week, but not immediately after the bye week. So he's going to probably be out, I mean, it sounds like at least another extra week. And Brandon Faison's played some good ball. He really has played some good ball. He hasn't even been on the roster very long. So if you believe, and when I say you, I mean, if you're the Raiders and you believe that he can shut it down and hold that side down like he's been doing, great. I love what Nate Hobbs brings to the table. Uh, you know, he's playing um, most of the time in the nickel position. I wouldn't be mad if the Raiders went out there and made a move for a dude that could lock down one side. And you just knew, hey, this guy is going to be locked down. You got Casey Hayward. You got Brandon Faison for uh, some some great quality depth. Of course, you got the rookie Nate Hobbs as well. I think I and that's just me. I personally think that that secondary needs one more piece to the puzzle. One more piece that think about this. And I mentioned the other day because because Miami I think is a dumpster fire right now. I mentioned go out and get either Xavier Howard or Byron Jones, and I know both those guys have huge contracts. I know they do. And I know that the Raiders don't have a ton of room on, under their salary cap, but we all know things could happen if you want it to happen. You can make things happen if you're a team. 
I'm not here to do the math. I was never a mathematician. I'm not here to do the math for you. I was just saying one of those two guys would be fine by me. And I, as much as I like Xavier Howard, I'm a big Xavier Howard fan. Uh, I was cool with him and covered him really well when he was at Baylor. So I know him really well. I know what kind of guy he is. He's a turnover machine. He creates the turnovers all the time. I actually was thinking that Byron Jones would be the better guy in this scenario just because he's played in a system like this before that Gus Bradley runs when he was in Dallas and he was playing with uh, uh, Chris Richard. He was a secondary, the secondary coach. He's going to stay all over a wide, wide receivers. He's going to be draped on them like glue. And then you have Casey Hayward on the other side. And I just think that makes your pass rush that much more effective and makes the secondary that much better. I, that, that would have been my suggestion if they were going to go make one move. But if you make that move, and then we'll take a break. If you make that move, you're saying it's all, it's all or nothing this year. This, this move is going to help put us over the top. And over the top, I mean playing in L.A. the last game of the season. This is going to be the move that's going to solidify what we need to get done. If you make that move, that's what you're saying to your fan base, and that's what you're telling your team, in my opinion. Just my opinion. But Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Again, phone lines are wide open like some old-school TV antennas. Are very limited with guests today, 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What is the one area of concern with this Raiders team as it's currently constructed? And if you can make a move to put them over the top, what would it be? Let us know about it. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. I'll tell you right now, man, hearing Lester Hayes, hearing the judge will never get old. I don't know how many times out and about around town that interview and that quote that you just played comes up in conversation. That never gets old. I think that's something that should be played inside the Raiders locker room before every game. You've got to train your body and train your brain. Man, I love it. Love hearing that. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R-N-R. couple quick texts, and then we'll get to our phone lines. Aztec Raider. What's up, Raider Nation? The easy answer is the offensive line. I have a question for you, Q. In your opinion, what is stopping the Raiders to make a deep run and compete for a Super Bowl? And a great text. Great text, and I think that you're, you're falling in line with everybody else, the offensive line, and, and I'll simply say it's, it's what I talked about before we took a break. I think it's the, uh, it's the questions at secondary with the injuries, not necessarily the personnel. If Trayvon Mullen wasn't injured and on IR right now, I would have no problem with the secondary at all because Casey Hayward's been a stud. And Trayvon Mullen, I'm a big fan of. I think that he's a hell of a player, and he was really starting to come into his own. And him being out, I don't know what's gonna, when he's going to get back, first of all. And second of all, I don't know what it's, he's going to be like when he gets back. So that concerns me. And... I think that they found a diamond in the rough when they got Brandon Faison. I think that that was big time. He's played well, picked up an interception, and had a couple pass breakups. He hits hard. <laughs> you know, I mean, I like everything about him so far, and I didn't know anything about him when the Raiders got him a few weeks ago. And if he's the guy that they feel like they can ride that out the rest of the year and, and, and be okay until Trayvon Mullen gets back, and then even after that, great. But that's, that's, that's the move I would make. Similar to, remember when the Raiders were really good years ago? Many years ago. And Deion Sanders was out there available and the Raiders were going to make a move and go get Deion. And that was going to help solidify him. And the Chargers, I believe it was the Chargers, they knew that the Raiders wanted to go get him. And the Chargers, they stunk. 
they didn't have a chance to go anywhere. I believe it's the Chargers. You guys could correct me if I'm wrong. But they they had the they had the priority in the waiver wire and they they picked up Dion and that's when he decided to retire. But the Raiders were going to make that move and that was going to help solidify that was going to be the piece that solidified them that year. And again, if I'm wrong with the team, uh, feel free to correct me, but I'm sure anyone who's been following the Silver and Black for a long time knows exactly what I'm talking about. That's the move I would make. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick. Talk to our guy in the 510, Rich in Oakland. What's on your mind, Rich? Hola, Q. Buenas tardes, amigo. Hey, ¿Cómo se llamas? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? It is great, man. I couldn't be better. Hey, man. How about them Raiders? It's going good, huh? Enjoying the bye week? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think that uh, maybe the only thing, uh, the only big, I don't trust Brandon Parker either. He has been playing a lot better. But I think maybe we should go after Cam Robinson. That'll be maybe, you know, shoot the Jaguars a six-rounder or something like that. I think, you know, that'll that'll be solid. But uh, like you were saying about Faison, that's crazy how he's playing pretty good. And I didn't know who he was at all, you know. Right. So, man, defense is looking good. Offense is humming. Offensive line is the only kind of like, uh. But, hey, Andre James, he was playing terrible at the beginning of the year. Now he's playing better. Brandon Parker, I hope he keeps it up. But it'll be nice to get some uh, – some insurance behind them and uh, I want to say uh what was it I think it was yesterday or the day before on your podcast on um you're speaking on on the first round picks that we have and the the fifth year option and you were spot on about what you said about Josh Jacobs bro you know we all know he's a baller we all know you know we love him but he just can't stay healthy and it's going to be tough to sign him to an extension or a fifth year option you know like I love the guy but he can't stay healthy, and it's just kind of weird how, you know, if you're injured, you're going on snap talking about, oh, I'm not injured. Like, what do you mean you're not injured, you know? It's all right to be injured. I just think he's a little sensitive when it comes to people talking about his injuries because he knows he's been injured throughout this whole time that he's been a Raider. But, uh, yeah, I hope he gets healthy. We need to be healthy and be ready for the Giants come next week because we all know playing in New York is no joke. So, uh, yeah, go Raiders. I'll catch y'all later. Thank you. All right, my man. Thank you so much. That's Rich in Oakland. Great call, my man. And, yeah, I was talking about Josh Jacobs on my on my podcast. And anyone who's listened to me for any amount of time knows that Josh Jacobs is one of my favorite players on the team. I don't collect jerseys anymore, but I got a Josh Jacobs jersey. That lets you know how much I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. But, unfortunately for him, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And in the NFL, not in my eyes, but in the NFL's eyes, they look at running backs like they're a dime a dozen. And that's not, I don't like that. I hate that, that they discredit running backs like that because I think they're so much more valuable. I was one of the, the, probably the few that was pounding the table for the Raiders need to go make that move for Josh Jacobs when he was entering the draft. I said, man, they got to go get him. Hey, got to get him. Can I throw something at you real quick? Yeah, throw it Call at me. Call tweet from PFF Mike. Um, he lists the, the oldest, the, the age of the oldest players by position. Can you guess the age or even who it is of the oldest running back in the league? Um. Well, what's his and name? I, Frank Gore's not playing anymore. Frank Gore's not on believe. the active roster. I didn't know he he would be the easy choice. But oldest running back, or do you know who it is? I I don't. Who is it? Mark Ingram at thirty one, and he just got traded. He just got traded to the Saints. Back to the Saints from the Texans, and it's just the league doesn't respect running backs like they used to. And the question I have with Josh Jacobs next season, he's they're going to have to make a decision on Cleve Furl. Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram, as far as their fifth-year options go. Cleve Farrell, there's no way they're picking that up. 
$10.3 million is, is his, is the base, the estimated amount for the fifth year option for Klee. For Josh Jacobs, it's $10.1 million. That's a lot of money for a running back that's not always healthy. But also, so, I'll defend Josh here because I'm the last caller. He says, ah, oh, man, he gets defensive. I'd get defensive too. You're trying to take $10 million away from me. I'm yeah, not, but I'm not saying he's sending it to the team, but I mean, like, the fans are just like, why are you watching his pockets? Well, no, nobody's watching his pockets. Yeah, see, that you're getting it, you're getting it twisted. It's the fact that nobody's worried about the money. I'm just saying, in this business world that the NFL is, I don't see a team saying yes. We'll 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 guarantee you 10.1 million dollars, even though you're not healthy for a full season. That's what I'm talking about. No one's. I'll never. I'll, hey, man, if the guy goes out and gets 25 million for a year, I'll salute him. I say get as much money as possible. And hell, if our bosses are listening right now and they want to give us a raise, I'll take one too. Hey, go get all the money you can, young man. That I that's I never begrudge anyone for getting as much money as possible because it could be over just like that. Boom. I'm just saying from a business point of view, I don't see a team saying, yeah, $10.1 million, that's a good deal for one year, fully guaranteed. But yet he hasn't been healthy the whole season at all in his career yet. That's that's my point. And I'm a big Josh Jacobs fan. The fifth-year option for Jonathan Abrams, $7.9 million. I actually see that as more achievable like I, more realistic that they'll do that as long as he keeps playing like he is this year, then they will picking up 10.1 or 10.3 million. But that's just me. Let's go out to Raider X. What's on your mind, Raider X? Hey, I agree with you, Q, man. That's a big piece of the pie of the budget, you know, for somebody that's not, you know, participating, at least giving us uh, 90, uh, 90, 95% of the games. But kind of going back what you said, man, yeah, exactly. Byron, uh, I think uh, I, I think that would be a nice pick, a lockdown corner for Miami, dumpster fire. Also, uh, you know, I think about that cat over in in uh, Detroit, um, Amani Aruraye. I think he's like 20, 25, 26 years old, but he's like six three. I, I think you can get him on the cheap because my the Detroit is falling apart. You know, yeah. other than that, other point I wanted to do is talk about is. I think square might might be a good rotational piece. I say I still want to make sure we have a nice uh, rotational piece out there with Quinton Solomon. And man, I'm really loving how Solomon's playing. I mean, this is really really good good play. And then also Hankins, man, he, he can't can't go go for forgotten. Last but not least, before I get out the air, go Rebels, go that, Rebels. There Bring it is. Home. That's all that Demond heard right there. Great call. That's all Demond heard was go Rebels. That's all he heard. Thank you, Raider X. Thank you, man, from the bottom I'm of my heart. I'm not mad at him at all. Thank and Amani, uh, I don't. I'm not good at, at his last name either. Uh, but he's a he's a a, a guy out of uh, Penn State. Amani Aruri Aruri. Yeah, my bad. But he's having a good season for the Lions, especially because they had Jeffrey Okuda. Remember they drafted him in the first round, uh, in what 2019, 2020, and he hasn't done anything yet. And matter of fact, he's out for the season with a big time injury. So Amani's been able to step up and do some big things. I don't know if they'd go ahead and move on from him. I don't I don't know. I mean, he's a heck of a player. I'm not sure if they would move on from him already. He was drafted in 2019, so that might be someone that Dan Campbell wants to try to build around. But you got a good point there. I like that. Let's get one more call in before we get to my guy, Dustin DeHart. How about Madro? Madro, what's on your mind? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness. Oh, no, we got uh, Luke in Pasadena up next. All right. Luke in Pasadena? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, just uh, wasting away in L.A. traffic over here. Nice. But, uh, I did uh, I did think you had a really good point about picking up a nice shutdown corner. 
And another thing that's just been kind of concerning me about our defense over the, you know, our first seven weeks is just our run defense. And uh, I don't know a player that I can suggest, but some type of middle linebacker can really hold it down. I thought KJ would be able to do it, but I haven't really seen a ton out of him. Uh, wondering what your thoughts are. Yeah, there you go. Good call. Good call. I appreciate you. And yeah, man, the run defense is has been a struggle. You know, it really has. And and I remember when Gus Bradley first took over and we had multiple guests on the show and said, well, what do you think is the one area of weakness in a Gus Bradley defense? And they said, well, it's the, it's the run game. Uh, people are, are able to run against the Gus Bradley led defense because stopping the runs, not the huge priority. The big priority is getting after the quarterback. Uh, KJ, right. I've had multiple people ask me about him because he was a guy that I know I was excited about. A lot of Raider Nation was excited about when the Raiders signed him. And it's funny, and, and shame on me. This is my fault. I looked at the Denzel Perriman trade and thought, oh, that's cool. That's a nice piece. And K.J. Wright came on. I thought, wow, this is outrageous. This is going to be great. And it's been exactly the opposite. Denzel Perryman has been great and outrageous and awesome. And K.J. Wright's been, okay, well, he's there. He's just not on the field that much. He's just not on the field that much. It's mainly Corey Littleton and, and Denzel Perryman. And you know that's credit to Corey Littleton. That's a lot of credit to Corey Littleton because the way he's playing. He's playing a lot better than he played last season. So I'm glad that K.J. Wright's on the team, no doubt about it. I think he plays a major role. I think he's a hell of a mentor, and I think he's helping out the team. I, every time that we're at the game, because the Raiders' sideline is obviously on the press box side, I always look down, and I see number 34. He's always standing there right next to the coach. He's ready to go in, got his helmet on. He's always ready to go. He's paying attention. He's just not in the game that often. So I, I can appreciate the the attitude and the professionalism that he has. He's just not on the field that much. So good stuff right there. Damon, let me know when, uh, okay, D Dustin is ready. All right, now we, uh, we got some more calls we'll get to in just a few. But before we get to that, I got to talk to my guy, Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. And Dustin, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I do appreciate you. And how about them Raiders, man? Five and two going into the bye week. Uh, they really, really shut down the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. What'd you think of that game? Yeah, unbelievable. So no Waller was concerning me, but I guess no problem when you uh, complete 91% of your passes, right? It's crazy. But Derek Carr was on a, on a different level last week. And uh, look, you know what else was cool? It was good to see Kenyon Drake finally being used, you know? Yep. I, you know, I, we spent on him $7 million, and he's just been a basically a decoy. I don't know what he's been, but he hasn't done anything, you know? And got a couple sacks and defensive passes and – yeah, it was a great game. I, you know, uh, it was another another win. We we supposed to beat that team. We did it with no problems. Good time to have a bye, in my opinion. Get a little healthy. You know, the Giants are getting healthy as well, so that's not going to be an easy game going across country. But man, five and two, I'll take it. Yeah, no doubt. You take it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And you know, it's really been two dominating performances in a row now for the Raiders and. Uh, that one being at home for, against Philadelphia was good because the Philadelphia crowd was there, Dustin, but they got quieted mm -hmm. pretty quickly after they got that initial touchdown, and you didn't really hear mm -hmm. a lot from them. And I know you probably had some Eagle fans sitting near you. What was their what was their vibe throughout the course of the game? Yeah, so I was expecting some really rowdy, <laughs> crazy fans that everybody was telling me was going to happen, and it was you know nothing but uh, pretty quiet and, uh, actually, you know, nice fans that, you know, they were just like every other fan that comes uh, to the games in Vegas. They were, you know, they, they were pretty cool, you know, high-fiving us and talking to us. And yeah, it just feels like, you know, like you, when people come to Vegas fans, like they're just happy to be here. I think, you know what I mean? Right. Like even if their team's getting whooped, they're just, 
you know what? I don't care. I'm in Vegas. I'm having a good time. I'm not going to act like a, a D bag. So, uh, you know, <laughs> things could change, but so far so good. Every game I've been to it, the fans on the other side have been awesome. And it's just good to see. Yeah, no, it really is. And I tell people all the time because, you know, everyone wants to have that completely Raider fan. They don't, you know, the, the stadium blacked out. They don't want to have any other fans in the stadium. They just want to be all Raider fans, but that's not what Las Vegas is. Las Vegas is a destination location. And we, as people that live here in Las Vegas, we want as many people as possible to come here. We want people to come here and spend their money. We just want them to go home upset after they see their team lose. Yeah, well, and we we also want to pay back that $750 million, too. So if right. it's all Raiders fan, that might be hard, you know. Uh, you know, that room tax and them spending money in our casinos and restaurants and everywhere else. We're getting our money back, yeah. And, you know, look, again, We've talked about this time and time again. You know, you're a fan looks to say Philly, you know, and you're going to pencil out one game to go to. It's probably going to be Vegas, and I, I think we're going to see that for foreseeable future. You know, people are going to come here in droves, and it's going to help pay back that stadium and help the economy, and it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and the, and the economy, man, that's, that's something major, just to see the economy bounce back in Las Vegas. And I don't know if you saw this, but Forbes put it out earlier today, or yesterday, I mean, uh, the Las Vegas Strip reports $2.1 billion in gambling revenue, highest quarterly win in history. That's huge, Dustin, and a lot of that has to do with football. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to see we're breaking records. You know, still have the COVID issues, so, you know, you'd think people aren't coming here in droves, but they are, you know, and, you know, it's it's great to see. We need our properties on the Strip and everywhere else to thrive, and that helps real estate, and then just seems like, you know, every time you look around, something else is getting built, you know, and even the you know, something in the major strip casinos, there's some moon casino being proposed. You know, yeah. we got the Madison Square, the sphere being uh, built right now. That should be done next year. I mean, you know, just every weekend, it's just, you know, one a huge event after another. You know, I've lived here all my life and I've never seen the town this this crazy with just so much stuff going on. You know, not to mention we have an NH- NHL and an NFL team and probably another team coming pretty soon here it's crazy it's an awesome time to live in vegas that's for sure yeah it really is man i got in here at the right time and now uh i didn't get into the housing market at the right time dustin i mean now look this is tough times when it comes to housing and we're talking right now with dustin dehart from nova home loans it's so funny every time i'm out and about around town i promise you someone always brings up our conversation that we have every week and it's like cute how's, how's that house going did you go look at that house have you checked on that house what's it looking like and i'm like no I'm just looking at houses. I'm not even trying to buy anything right now, but I'm just looking. But everyone's so fascinated by these conversations that we have each and every week when it comes to these homes. You sent me a link for the ultimate Scarface pad. Gene Simmons is selling a house for, what, $15 million here in the Vegas area? Yeah. Well, he, yeah, it, it, I, know, I looked at this, and I immediately thought of you, Q, because uh, <laughs> if, if, if you pencil that a Scarface house and uh, this generation, this is what it would look like. It is a, it's a pretty remarkable house, that's for sure. But the dude, look, James Gene Simmons is a gangster. Let's face it, that dude's a great businessman. Now, if he gets this price, he might be the best businessman ever because he literally just bought this in May for eight point two, and now he's pretty trying to wow. sell it for twice as much as he bought it for. So I, I don't know if he's going to get his exact asking price. But he's going to make a lot more money than he you know, paid for it, and that's for sure. I mean, that's the luxury Uber market's going nuts right now. And it's just this huge, big-time you know, big money coming into this market. It's crazy. I mean, 
it's almost mirroring California anymore. You know, I mean, some guy from Lone Depot bought a $25 million house. It's just basically a spec home for the builder. Then he turned around and paid $38 million for a lot. A lot. Not just, just, just the wow. land, Q. You know what I mean? Now, typically, when you're a developer, you're going to build a house three times whatever you paid for the land. So there's literally a $120 million house coming to Vegas right now. It's crazy. So it's, it's remarkable to see the uh, prices that uh, the Ux- Luber luxury market has, uh, has grown to here in Las Vegas. I mean, we're not quite Malibu yet, but uh, it's, it's some pretty expensive houses going down right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're working on it. We're doing our very best, and, and that's crazy. And that Gene Simmons house, man, I mean, that thing is beautiful. I was checking it out just the other day. I was looking at it. I'll tell you right now, uh, it would take me, everyone at Lotus Broadcasting, you, and a couple others uh, to buy that house together. There's no way uh, your boy is going to get that. <laughs> no way I could do that. But, but, hey, look, the market's cooling off a little bit, cute. You know, like, you know, the, the, it was nuts four months ago. And, and just, you know, unrealistic sellers. And, and maybe not unrealistic, you know, like, Somebody would list their house for four hundred thousand in a neighborhood, and then four hundred five, and then four ten, and then some guy with a huge lot in a pool goes, "Hell, I'm going to list it for five hundred, and everybody's laughing at him in the neighborhood." Next thing you know, he's got ten offers on it, right? So I mean, right. and you know, and that's what kind of mirrored around the neighborhoods, and you know, and the people were just getting freaked out. Well, like, well, if I don't bid five hundred, somebody else is, and I, maybe it's not worth it. And now things are coming back down to reality. You know, those those high price houses, and you know, they're Look, they're not worth that. They're sitting on the market now, right? Prices are coming down in those neighborhoods, and sellers are becoming more realistic. And the good thing is now buyers don't have to rush into decisions. They can make a sound decision and make sure that, you know, I'm not way overpaying for some house that's really not worth it. So, yeah, it's, it's leveling out, and you're going to buy at a great time, in my opinion. Nice. Well, that's 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 perfect. That's that's really good. And of course, Dustin, if you're going to buy a house, you need you need to make sure that your credit's right. You need to make sure that everything is lined up and you got all your ducks in a row. So uh, as far as what you do at Nova Home Serv- uh, Home, Home Loans, uh, the credit services, you guys offer free credit services. Just tell us how you get the ball rolling with that. Yeah, we do. And we're one of the only mortgage companies, if not the only one that offers it. You know, it's not credit repair to which is quite frankly, BS. You know, they're going to charge you a bunch of they're going to charge you money to do a bunch of things that then I have to unravel, you know, because it doesn't work with the confines of underwriting. You know, this is free credit services. It's, uh, you know, you have your own credit processor once you apply with us. And if you do need help with your credit, they're going to work with you and tell you exactly what you need to do, whether it's paying credit card debts down, you know, getting collections removed, uh, removing disputes, whatever it is. And then, you know, it could take three days. It could take two years. You know, it just depends on how bad your credit is. And, you know, every 30 days, they're going to do soft checks on your report, following up with you. And then once your score's where it needs to be, they email me and boom, you're out finding a house. And it's all free of charge for any of our applicants. So even if you think your credit's a little, you know, low or, might be, you know, you might have some credit issues, we'll call us. Let's get the ball rolling and we'll work with you for free and get your, get your score up where it needs to be so you can buy a house. There you go right there. You know, it's funny. I'm glad that you said, like, a credit repair. I feel like everyone and their mother is someone who's trying to repair credit. They're like, I can repair your credit. I can. Right. If they meet you at Starbucks, yeah, you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, you might want to run away. So yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Dustin, I did want to ask you, uh, conforming mm-hmm. loan limit. I, I, I see terms and I see little language here and there, and I don't know what yeah. it all means. So what exactly is the conforming loan limit and, and the fact that uh, there was an a, a amount of money that was actually announced about it? 
Yeah, so that's a good question. So look, there, there's a limit on what the conforming loans can be, right? So okay. um, recently it was 542000 and they just raised that for obvious reasons because property values have gone up so much to it. The biggest jump they've ever done, so this is Fannie, Fannie and Freddie, um, so now the conforming loan limit is 625000 So what that means, Q, is any loan over that is now considered jumbo. Um, oh. You know, Fannie and Freddie will not buy that, and it goes to jumbo investors, which is typically it's going to take a larger down payment. Uh, it's, you know, it's a lot harder as far as under underwriting guidelines are concerned. But look, now you can $625,000. You know, or you can basically get a six hundred fifty thousand dollars house with three percent down if you're a first time home buyer. So, you know, so it's good for the market. We need to see these loan uh, loan conforming loan limits go up, and then uh, FHA will announce their loan limit here in the next few weeks as well. My my uh, expectation is that jumps up to about four hundred thousand. So it's surely needed for uh, these high prices that we're seeing right now. So it's good for good for the real estate community for sure. Nice. I, I'm glad you, you told me that because I had no idea what that meant. I saw that. I saw the amount of money and I saw that it was a big jump, but I didn't really necessarily know exactly uh, how we got to, to that conversation. So that's that's awesome. We're talking right now with Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And speaking of the Raiders, Dustin, uh, fantasy football, that's your bag, man. How are the Raiders looking as far as fantasy football goes? Well, they're doing all right. So Derek Carr, he's uh, right outside the top 10 in quarterbacks this year. Um, and, you know, if he keeps this up, he'll be in the top 10 for sure. But, you know, here's what's crazy. The difference between, like, fantasy and reality, Q, is Jalen Hurts is the number two fantasy quarterback right wow. now, right? And that dude might not even have a job by the end of the year. You know what I mean? So that's the right. disparity between fantasy and reality. But, you know, Waller, you know, he was, you know, the consensus best fantasy player for the Raiders. You know, he had that one huge game, and then, he, you know, he's been kind of a disappointment, to say the least, since then. You know he's uh in the basically right out right right in the side of the top ten for all tight ends. But I mean you spent a second round draft pick on that guy and you were expecting a lot more. You know and then there's Rugs and Renfo that were kind of a, a surprise. You know they're they're actually neck and neck right the one point difference between the two of them believe it or not at fantasy and they're right out of the, they're inside the top thirty in, uh, in wide receivers. And then there's Josh Jacobs, who's kind of been a disappointment also. I think he's got five touchdowns, I believe, but yeah. he's only got like 200 yards. And, I mean, that dude's always hurt. I mean, durability is not that name with Josh Jacobs. So, yeah, <laughs> right. he, he's been a little bit of a disappointment. But, you know, not, not, no real fantasy stud, so to speak, but a couple surprises. And, you know, it's only the middle of the, beginning, you know, middle of the year. We'll see what, how they all shape out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's interesting, man, that they, there's so many. I mean, it's it's credit to Derek Carr. It's I guess it's a gift and a curse when it comes to fantasy football because he's spreading the ball around. Uh, I guess in yeah. fantasy, you just want someone to eat and, and get all the touchdowns, all the yards, everything. Yeah. yeah. And it helps when you're a running quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you know, so Derek's right. <laughs> not running out of the pocket, which is probably a good thing in real football you know what i mean so yes yeah. absolutely absolutely well dustin it's always great catching up with you my man i do appreciate you if anyone wants to uh, get the ball rolling to say uh, and possibly go out there and find them some of this beautiful landscaping and fun beautiful uh, uh homes here in the las vegas area what do they need to do yeah just call city time q at 702-577-2600 that's 577-2600 there it is right there. Dustin, it's always great as always, my man. I appreciate you, and I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, brother. Take care. Go Raiders. All right, my man. There he goes. 
Dustin DeHart right there, Nova Home Loans. And telling you, this is always such a, fa- uh, a fascinating conversation. As I'm talking to Dustin, my man Raider Reggie hits me with, uh, here's a Scarface crib for you. Skyside, Las Vegas, $30 million estate. $30 million estate. I don't think that's the one that I can get either. 2.56 is the time. That's going to shut down hour number one of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920.